a quick um, housekeeping, a couple housekeeping notes. One is, if you're watching at home, welcome. Now's a good time to pause the video, go to Hobby Lobby, <laughs> and buy a thing of yarn. Unless you're watching from, Indi from Warsaw, in which case you have a 45-minute one-way trip, so go to Walmart. Other um, housekeeping is, um, really, we are so blessed. God has been so good to our church, giving us people uh, with amazing skill sets who use those uh, in worship of him, uh, but also uh, to encourage us and do that um, on our behalf. Um, I want to uh, just really thank Logan and Olivia. Uh, they're going to be moving uh, sad face, crying eyes uh, emoji on that. So this is their last week um, here with us. And just uh, what an amazing, uh, I'm so um, thankful for your ministry here. And also, I just love when I see people who have skill um, that use it for Yahweh. Uh, because that's what we're supposed to be doing, um, rather than using it on ourselves. Uh, we're in a series on Ecclesiastes. We're wrapping it up. Uh, I'm the most pessimistic on the speaking team, so they saved me for last. Um, if you've watched the Bible Project video, you're familiar with the word hevel. Or if you are here last week, uh, Pastor Bruce used it a few times, hevel, hevel, everything is hevel. Uh, that's the Hebrew word that is often translated uh, vanity or meaninglessness. Um, it's the core concept of Ecclesiastes um, that everything is hevel. And what he's meaning is, uh, this, it isn't meaningless like uh, that it has no meaning, but rather it's this idea of it's a vapor, it's fleeting, it's smoke. Uh, I've never been so foolish as to try to grab smoke, but that's the illustration, right? If you try to grab smoke, it looks substantive. In fact, it is. There's something to it, right? There's particulates in it, uh, but you, it can't be grasped. And so that's the idea that the author of Ecclesiastes has been trying to communicate is that whenever we seek to find meaning, purpose, stability, security, control, in our lives by grasping anything, it is fleeting, it is smoke, it is hevel, it doesn't work. There is no meaning, purpose, stability, permanence, control, apart from God. So that is your review. Um, just want to encourage you to keep up on the chronological Bible reading. We've landed here at the end of Ecclesiastes as we've uh, been in Ecclesiastes in our scripture reading. It's amazing how frequently the Spirit does that sort of thing that was not well planned or choreographed at the beginning of the speaking uh, team's meetings six months ago. It is just what happened. All right, turn your Bible to chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes. If you're using the Bible that's in the uh, rack in front of you, it's page 546. We're going to start in chapter 11, verse 7. So chapter 10, uh, we're not going to really address. It is more of the same. 
Ecclesiastes. It's a really encouraging book. Um, and if you want more encouragement, you can read chapter uh, 10 where it just says, oh yeah, it's bad. Okay. <laughs> that things get upset. All right, let's read uh, 11, 7. <clears throat> Life is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But let him remember... So for a moment, we had something positive. <laughs> let him enjoy them all, but let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is fleeting. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart. Sounds like Disney. And whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. Disney doesn't include that. So then banish from anxiety from your heart and cast off troubles from your body, for youth and vigor are fleeting. Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few. If you haven't, if you're not connecting it, he's describing the physical decay of the human body. That, that's what all these metaphors are. It's this is what happens to us at the end. Uh, a few years ago, I was young. Now I'm starting to get a little bit older. Injuries take a little longer to repair. Still pretty young. Um, my grinders are not few yet. Uh, that's your teeth. And those looking through the windows grow dim. You're going to lose your eyesight. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of the grinding fades, you don't hear as well. When men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. When men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. When the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire is no longer stirred. There's what's coming. He's going to go out on a bang here. Remember that one of the primary messages of Ecclesiastes is that uh, the passage of time and the erosion that it brings and that death, the final end of all mankind, uh, those are the great levelers. Those are the things that demonstrate to us how fleeting and empty the things that we might try to find purpose and stability in are. And so what do we do? What's our response to what he just described? And my answer is we got to level up. We have to commit together in our families, in our church, to level up. Uh, this is a, a video game metaphor, so most of you will get it. Uh, you start a video game, and you, you maybe don't have any weapon or any armor or any tools. Uh, you have no experience. You have nothing you can spend on anything to try to do anything better than you did before. But, but as you perform tasks, as you take an enemy base or as you mine something, some ore, you're able to create uh, tools. You're able to level up, right? You're able to get experience points to use on things so that you can become more effective in the next level of the game. And then it just continues, and you become, and, and so you gain more uh, as you perform tasks, and you level up. 
so that at the end of a game, when you get to level 50 or 100 or 20 or whatever it is, you're very powerful and you're able to handle that level. But if you were dropped into that level, the last level, without any weapons or armor or tools or whatever the thing is, what happens to you? You die immediately, right? You can't perform it, it's no fun. But when you have worked your way through it, when you have leveled up, when you've skilled up throughout the game and you get to that last level, it is climactic. It's fun. You're equipped to do the hard thing at the end of the game. The same is true in everything that we find meaningful in this world. And, you know, uh, if, if you're going to start music, if you want to be a musician, guess what? You start with drills. You start with, these are the keys. You have to push them to make noise. And as you uh, work on that, as you learn a little uh, easy song, Mary Had a Little Lamb, probably the first thing I learned, uh, then it lets you uh, level up and be able to play a more difficult piece of music or a more complex one, something that does something different than what it had. And so that just continues. And the same is true in sports and the same is true in business and the same is, is true in any hobby that you care about. We have to level up. Why do we have to level up? So in, in modern, in, in our vernacular, we might use the word uh, sanctification as part of it. But what I mean is that we need to learn how to know and enjoy Yahweh and how to trust him in each stage of our lives. So that in the next stage of our life, we can do it again so that we can continue. Um, we've talked about the, um, the relational hierarchy. We start as children, and what do we have to do? We have to obey our parents. Learn to do that. Children, if you're here, learn to obey your parents and learn to do that well, because that is giving yourself the weapons and the tools and the armor to, to be ready for the next stage of life. You will not be ready for the next stage of life if you can't learn to obey your parents and trust them and submit to them, even when they're wrong. We are often going to feel, I'll give you a secret, for the rest of your life, you're going to feel like God's wrong about stuff. Learning to obey and trust at that earliest stage helps us to understand that we need to learn and trust and obey God in the future, regardless of what it looks like. Because usually when our parents are wrong, they're actually right. As adult children, we honor our, our parents. As, as uh, married individuals, we learn to love and lead or honor and submit. As parents, we learn that we must disciple our children and lead them to Christ and model that as grandparents, we learn that we have to mentor our grown children and encourage our grandchildren in the ways of the Lord. So we have to level up. Um, so, so use it. Enjoy the gifts of, of youth and strength. Use them to glorify Yahweh and use them pre to prepare for the hard things that are to come because hard things are coming. And if you're way down the road and you say, man, I have not leveled up. This is a discouraging topic, Sam. Please stop. I will remind you that it's not too late. It'll be harder now. It is. My wife and I learned things about life and parenting late, and it's like, wow, it's really hard now. Someone would have told us this 20 years ago. Maybe they did and we didn't listen. I have no idea, but it's hard. Yes, when's the best time to plant a tree? 30 years ago, right? 
but the second best time is today. So plant it today and start um, learning to trust Yahweh. Go back and listen to the habit series again and practice those habits to engage and love and trust. And then when old age comes, it will not be easier. It is not easier to trust God when you're old. It's harder because your body is falling apart on top of everything else, on top of the world going to hell in a handbasket. You're breaking down, and it's hard, so learn to trust Yahweh now, wherever you are. Um, Death is only the beginning. Death is only the beginning. 5a or 5b, uh, go back to uh, chapter 12, middle. The man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about in the streets. Remember him, the creator, before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the well or the wheel broken or shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well and dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Fleeting, fleeting, says the teacher. Everything is fleeting. Death is only the beginning, friends. Death is a reset. We go to an eternal home. The author has not seemed to understand resurrection. I'm not, I'm not saying he does, and we're going to come to that. But he does understand that there is something after this, and he calls it home. Even in his corrupt, broken uh, unholiness, he recognizes that heaven is home, that where God is is home. Um, and then um, we see that creation is unwound. Remember, uh, Adam started there as a lump of dirt in Adam's shape, but not able to do anything, and God breathes into him, breath of life gives him a spirit, and suddenly he is a living soul, and at the end, that's unwound. When you die, creation is unwound, and the two are separate again, but we're not done. My body will be decomposed, burned, whatever is going to happen to it, that's fine. My spirit goes to God, to an eternal home, present with him. And what the author clearly did not understand is that there will be resurrection, not just a bringing back to life, but there will be resurrection. My earthly body transformed into an everlasting body that won't age and won't lose its teeth, and won't be shaky on a tall ladder. Mine's not right now yet. Give me a little bit of time. Depends how tall the ladder is. And not only will we be resurrected, but heaven and earth will be recreated. It will be unwound. We know that. We see that. It's going to be destroyed, and then it's going to be remade. Death is the beginning. Death is the great reset. Um, we're going to try something. may go horribly wrong. Andrew Essex is one of the greatest yarn runners that I've ever seen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this end. You take that in. He's going to go around the outsides of the aisles. And so the, the yarn may get you, so grab it. Look up and grab the yarn as it goes by you so it doesn't get you. Okay, so we're, we're doing that. That's great. I should have given myself this much. Just a moment. This is scripted. 
Next point, as that's going around. Oh, keep going around. Yeah, oh yeah, go around the bottom. Go right here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, go out and around. That's great. Love it. It's very well planned. He's going to come down this side, so you people on this side, get ready. Grab a, grab a piece of yarn as it goes by. There you go. Now he's going to turn around. He's going to go right back up. There you go. Grab that. That's perfect. You're doing fantastic. All right, so let's talk about the next point. What comes after death? Judgment. That's going to keep going, so just, there you go, keep watching. Um, judgment is definite, says the author. Look at verse 9, special treatment. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. That's a pointy stick that you use on an animal to get it to move where you want it. Uh, they're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Okay, so now that you've got it there, can you take it back? And then somebody up in the uh, balcony, uh, and there's Andrew right here. Get uh, Andrew Etner. He can get it. <laughs> he almost got it. He didn't know where it was coming. Okay, so now kind of like Andrew or Drew, you're not Andrew. Would you kind of run that around up there? And then when you're, when you're done up there, just kind of wave at me. Thanks, Andrew. Of, the make, of many making of books, there will be no end, and, and much study wearies the body. So he goes on to say, hey, we can write about this. Lots was written about this. We can go on and on and on and on about all of the meaninglessness. Um, but it's not worth it because it's all hevel. It's all uh, fleeting. So instead... Let's think about the judgment. Now all this has been heard, verse 13 of chapter 12. Now all has been heard, and here is the conclusion of the matter. You want to boil Ecclesiastes down to one sentence or a couple sentences? Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. In the same way, are we, oh, we're getting there, okay. Hey, Andrew, would you wander over here to the far wall, go under the string. And then, uh, Drew, if you drop that down to him, just give it a toss. And then if you can just bring that back to me. That's fantastic. Let's go under there. Perfect. Um, I don't know how we got two. <laughs> That should not happen, friends. This is a miracle. <laughs> the Lord is working. Okay. Death is universal in this book, uh, but so is judgment. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Look at what it says. For God will bring every deed into judgment including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. We often think of judgment as just being uh, a punishment for bad things, but do you see that it's good as well? There will be things that we do that are not hevel. There are things that we can do that are everlasting, and those things will be judged, meaning uh, positive things will come out of that. All right, so we've got this yarn, and the point of the yarn, you see how long it is? So those of you that are grabbing it, can you lift it up? That way everyone can see it. Okay, yeah. 
and it's, it's everywhere. And we, this was uh, 400 yards, and we didn't use it up. That's too bad. So just now imagine, we often have on the, uh, you can put your hands down now. We often ha put on the line that we should live for the line, not the dot, right? Here's the line. Here's eternity, because after, judgment is not the end. We think about judgment, we're like, that's the end. No, it's not. Judgment is the end of book one. Book two is everlasting. And it spans out forever. And frankly, it's a little unsettling to think of forever. I would love to take time to unwind this whole thing. If you're at home and you, and you didn't pause, get your yarn now, go real quick, just pause it back up a little bit, and unwind it, uns unspool the whole thing and look at it, because eternity is ungraspable. But you're grasping something, and it's a, it's a word picture here, and, and how much are you holding, a thousand years? You're holding a million years? It goes on and on and on. I was having lunch with a, with a buddy, Dave, David, and he said, um, we were talking about this, and he said, hey, in 20 million years, you and I are going to be having coffee together. Think about that. Whatever, whatever number you can fathom. We're going to have coffee together in 20 million years, and 20 million years after that. Now, look at this. You see the end of it here. I'm going to take this Sharpie. I'm going to put a little black mark on there. Now, this is far too large. But that's everything up until judgment. That's everything up until the end of the current created order, before things are recreated. Your life is in there. The span of your life is a vapor. It's a vapor of a vapor. Doesn't matter if you lived to 101 like my grandma or 12. This bit there is what determines the rest of the line. What's on your mind? What are you worried about? What's consuming you? What are you afraid of? We should be afraid of Yahweh. We should fear him and keep his commandments. Why? Because he knows everything. He's all powerful and he hates sin. And my heart is deceitfully wicked. So is yours. This is eternity. All right, you can put the string down. And what I want you to do now, because we have just considered eternity with yarn. I was going to do fishing line, but we were afraid it was going to, like, strangle people. <laughs> I want you to turn to the people around you, and I'm going to give you a few minutes. And I want you to answer a question. If you have thoughts about eternity, you can do that. Do it quickly or save it till afterwards. Um, but I want us to answer the question, what can we do only now? There are things that you can do in the black dot that you cannot do in the red line. Turn to the folks around you, grab a couple people if, if you got some 
some uh, individual people, maybe individual people move, or some of you there are two or three, move to them, and spend a few minutes answering the question of what can you do during the black dot that you can't do during the red line? Go. Thirty-second warning, and then you're going to share with the group. This one's a little too short. All right, there's no way I'm going to get this done. It's like over a half a mile of yarn. Thank you to Justin Schaefer for the very large amount of yarn. I asked for a lot, and uh, I didn't know what I was asking for. All right, can't undo it all. 
Uh, but there are some things that you can only do under the sun, right? What the, what the author doesn't tell us is there, there are things that we can do under the sun that are not vapor. And I would assert that those are the things that we can only do now, that we can't do then. So what are some of them? Go ahead and speak them out. Repentance. Repentance. Worry. 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 Well, yeah, you can't, that's true. You can't do that. Having and raising kids. Yeah, remember we, we had the baby dedication and then just a week or two later we had the graduation. If, if our lives is a vapor, our, having our children in our homes is a vapor of a vapor. Okay. Witness to unbelievers. Witness to unbelievers. Talking to anybody that doesn't, yeah. Representing Jesus to people around us. Yep. Suffer pain. Suffer pain. Which, Paul says that we do, if we suffer uh, pain for Christ, that's a great blessing. Let's do that. Walk by faith. It's hard to walk by faith when you can see, isn't it? I didn't hear that. Heal. Forgive. I'm getting old. Can't hear. Yeah, we're not going to be able to forgive people in heaven, are we? Let's do that now. We can't come to him for the first time. We cannot rightly relate ourselves to Yahweh on the other side. That's a now thing. Some others that I had, uh, we will not, on the other side, be able to return good for evil. Let's do that now. There are things that are worth doing on this side um, that, according to Jesus, store up treasure for us in heaven. Return evil for good. Pray for those who hurt you. You're not going to be able to encourage a suffering person. You're never going to be able to reject evil again. You're not going to be able to flee evil. So do that now. Um, we talked about raising your children, uh, discipling your children, and witnessing to your coworkers. I mean, we had a witness in there, but you all um, have families, or you work somewhere, or you go to school somewhere. Um, and we have those opportunities. The, the, obviously, the first and foremost, if we're going to remember our creator and fear him and keep his commands, is to rightly relate to him. If you have not done that, um, if, you, if you say, man, I have, I have never um, brought myself under submission to Jesus and rightly related to him, today is the day. Because you don't know when the black dot for you is going to end. And all of, I, I mean, when I'm, you know, I'm standing here looking at what I assume is a room full of Christians, and this is all glorious, right? Got some of the yarn in my mouth. <laughs> the, the, that eternity is glorious. See, we are everlasting beings, but not everyone is eternal. Eternal life is a quality of life. It means that we're rightly related to Jesus, and his death has paid for our sins.
And we get to enjoy right relationship with him and the Trinity and, and all of the believers forever. But it's not only the saved who will live forever or exist forever. Your children growing up, growing up in your home are, are everlasting. They're immortal, but they may not have eternal life yet. Man, if there's anything that's worth doing, it's worth living that out and communicating that in the Shema way as you get up, as you sit down, as you walk along the road, in the Great Commission way as you are going. The people you sit with at work or you sit with uh, near at school are immortal beings, but they may not be everlasting. And it is worth it right now to commit to showing the love of Christ to those people. Ecclesiastes seems like a kind of a downer of a book until you see that what he's really doing is he's trying to tell us the truth about all the hollow things that we can be pursuing. The author of Hebrews reminds us that there is a real temple, right? There's a real place. Everything that we strive after here, everything that is fleeting here, has a real corollary there. We seek wealth and stability. Well, what are we laying up in heaven? And how stable is that? So don't strive for the temporary thing. Strive for the everlasting thing. Uh, this week, today, before you leave, I would encourage you to set an alarm on your phone. And I don't know if you set that for uh, Monday at 6 a.m. or Monday at 8 a.m. or Monday at 1 o'clock when you've gotten the craziness out of the way and maybe set it up as a daily reminder. I don't know what works for you. Um, but I would encourage you to call that alarm, do an eternal thing. How do we remember our creator? We remember him by doing the things that will last forever. Not pursuing hevel, but pursuing something that is permanent. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Blessings on you. You are sent to do eternal things. <laughs>